0: morning brothers and sisters. I hope you're continuing to still strive through this season of Lent with your penances. As I've said before, if you've slipped up, just go to confession and try again. I don't know if you keep up with Catholic news or Catholic politics. I'm sure some of you do. There's been a, a further development of the conflict within our church over the issue of the extraordinary form of the mass. So for those who who aren't fully aware, the Novus Order, the mass we celebrate after the Second Vatican Council, it's called the Novus Order, the new order of the mass, is the official Roman Rite mass of the church since the Second Vatican Council. The extraordinary form is how the mass was celebrated before the Second Vatican Council. So you'll oftentimes hear people refer to the extraordinary form as the latin mass or the old mass well it is the old mass but it's not the latin mass that is actually an incorrect title the only latin mass that exists in the roman rite is the novus ordo in the latin language that is the latin mass so whenever you hear a priest or a layperson say oh i go to the latin mass be like oh i do too they obviously don't don't realize because they were taught wrongly so the only latin mass is the order of the mass according to the Roman rite at this time in the Latin language. The reason we call the old mass the extraordinary form is because that is its official designation by the church. Now, a lot of times when we think we hear the word extraordinary, we think, Ooh, I want to be extraordinary. I want to be special. I want to be unique. I want to stand out, you know, like a shooting star. Extraordinary doesn't mean that necessarily. It only means outside of the ordinary. But outside of the ordinary is not always good. And it's not always best. It's obvious that God prefers the ordinary over the extraordinary. He prefers that. Nature prefers that. The universe prefers that. Extraordinary isn't bad, but it's not always good and it's certainly not ideal. That's why it's called Outside of the Ordinary. Now, the controversy that's going on now is our Holy Father uh, wrote an encyclical a few years ago, limiting the celebration of the extraordinary form, the 1962 Mass, okay? Limiting its celebration, meaning before he wrote this encyclical, any priest or bishop in the world could celebrate it anytime they wanted. They didn't need anybody's permission, not their bishops, not the Pope's, they could just celebrate it. The reason that they could do that is because Pope Benedict XVI reminded the church when he was Pope that the old mass, the extraordinary form was never abrogated. Abrogated is a technical term which means officially removed from the church. So since it was never officially removed, you've always had permission to celebrate it. And once that happened, once Benedict XVI reminded us of that truth, suddenly priests and bishops were like, this is wonderful, I'm gonna start celebrating it again. And they did. And that's where we saw it really kind of grow in the devotion to it once more grow throughout the church in the world. It's very strong in our diocese and, and in many other. So why is Pope Francis now restricting that permission that Pope Benedict gave? You see, those who love the extraordinary form priests and lay people alike are very passionate about it. They have a deep and abiding love for this particular celebration of the Holy Mass. And that's good, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But as the Holy Father is restricting it more and more, it looks like he's going to, in the end, abrogate it, meaning remove it, so we won't be able to celebrate it anymore. Now this is scaring a lot of those priests and lay people who again, prefer the extraordinary form. Now there's nothing wrong with preferring one form or the other. You can prefer whatever you want. So this is kind of the the controversy that's going on. Now I'm sure for most of you, you're like, Father, I I don't care. This doesn't really matter to me. I'm happy with what I've got. (laughs) So that's fine. Be at peace, be happy. But for those of you who again, also love the extraordinary form, This is an important topic to discuss. And even if you're not interested, this is the life of your church and so it's good to be knowledgeable to some degree about these things because you may encounter this debate or argument. And how are you to respond? What is the truth? You see, there are many who think Pope Francis is wrong for doing this, for limiting and probably, I agree with this, ultimately removing all permissions for celebrating the extraordinary form. How could that be the will of God? Many Catholics ask. And because they're struggling with this, many of them begin to doubt the authority of the Pope or they even doubt maybe he's a real Pope. Maybe he's a false Pope. He was not rightfully elected. So he's not the real Pope of the church. So these these struggles that they're going through are causing them to question, to doubt their faith. Is this the real church of Jesus Christ? if these things can happen in it. Now, I wanna dispel all of that confusion and give you peace. The simple truth is, everything that Pope Francis is doing in this area is exactly the will of God, everything. It is the will of the Holy Spirit for the church at this time. And I know for two reasons. One, because I can prove he's the Pope fairly logically and two, because John Paul II and Benedict the 16th both believe the same thing as he. You see, those who don't know the writings of the Second Vatican Council, the writings of John Paul II and the writings of Benedict the 16th are not going to realize this. But Pope John Paul II, Saint Pope John Paul II, and possibly he'll be declared to saint one day too, God willing, Benedict XVI were both in agreement with Pope Francis that at some point, the extraordinary form of the Mass needs to be removed from the Roman Rite, officially and completely removed, that is no longer permitted to be celebrated. And they both believed this for a few simple reasons. One, both of them were at the Second Vatican Council, and both of them agreed with the liturgical changes that the Second Vatican Council enacted under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for the good of the Church. Now, They weren't necessarily in agreement with how those changes were enacted. And this is what many of us have struggled with over the years. Because how many times have you gone to a Catholic mass and it's insane? Like it it looks like a Protestant revival or or who knows what, what they're a hippie gathering or whatever they're doing with it. Now there's nothing wrong with a Protestant revival. I love praise and worship. But that's not the Mass. The Mass is the celebration of the Last Supper as given to us by Jesus Christ that has grown and developed in the Catholic Church over the last 2,000 years. It has ancient tradition and teaching. And so many priests and bishops after the Second Vatican Council, when they got the new Mass, the Novus Ordo, started ad-libbing a lot of stuff that was never permitted and wasn't tradition. And so we got this distorted version of the mass and rightly so, many Catholics were upset and disgusted by it because it was disordered. It's still the Novus Ordo, it's still the mass, it's just not done well. That's a nice way to put it. And so when the extraordinary form began to be celebrated once more, many of these good and Orthodox Catholics realized at least the old mass, there, there's no hanky-panky in its celebration. The rules are very strict. It has to be celebrated this way and they're always reverent, always. And so when I go to them, it's easier for me to pray and to draw closer to our Lord and to receive communion. In so many celebrations of the Novus Ordo, the new mass, they are done so badly They hinder your ability to pray. They hinder your reception of Holy Communion. They hinder your growth in faith, which is why so many of us have been drawn back to the extraordinary form. This is logical. This makes perfect sense. If you read the encyclicals of John Paul II on the Novus Ordo, on the Mass of the Church, the liturgy, He clearly says that the intention of the Second Vatican Council was the will of the Holy Spirit in regards to the new order of the mass. John Paul II clearly states this as Pope. How could it be however, that Benedict XVI also agreed with John Paul II when he's the one that gave us permission to celebrate the extraordinary form or at least reminded us that we already have permission. Again, many Priests and lay people don't realize the mind of Benedict XVI. He's the one who wanted us to do it. How could he be in agreement with Pope Francis? And if you want to know Benedict XVI's mind on the liturgy, all you have to do is read a book he wrote called Spirit of the Liturgy. Spirit of the Liturgy. Now, he, he wrote it before he was pope, when he was a cardinal. But he didn't even write it as a cardinal, he wrote it as a Catholic theologian. But it obviously reveals his mind, his understanding of the Second Vatican Council, the changes that were come, and the bad changes that happened and how to fix it. Read that book. It is a godsend, it will make everything clear for you. But one of the things he clearly teaches or explains in that book was why he thinks God wants, at least for a while in the history of the church, two different rituals to be celebrated in one rite of the church, one R I T E of the church. You see, the very definition of a rite within the Catholic Church is a way of celebrating the liturgy. So different rites, R I T E, are ways of celebrating the mass. There's Coptic rite, Ukrainian rite. It's all the same mass, it's all the same Last Supper of the Catholic Church, but they're different rites. We are the Roman rite, that's what we are. We're Roman Catholics, we're the Roman rite. So every rite should have a singular celebration of the mass. It is illogical for any singular rite to have multiple celebrations. That doesn't make any sense. Those would be separate rites. So Roman Catholics can't have ultimately two rites of the church. And Benedict XVI explains this in Spirit of the Liturgy. He says, so why would God be allowing this right now in history? Because it's confusing. Look what it's doing to the body of Christ in the Roman rite. It's causing disunity and disagreements. So why would this be the will of God, at least for a time to have two rights? It's because of the abuses and the bad implementation of the Novus Ordo after the Second Vatican Council. There was nothing wrong with the Second Vatican Council. It was how the Second Vatican Council's teachings were applied that was not always good. And so we got a Novus oro that if it were celebrated according to the Second Vatican Council and tradition would be beautiful and perfectly fine. Sadly, they kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater. One of the things that Pope Benedict mentions in his book is that ad orientum or celebrating mass facing east or towards the tabernacle never should have been stopped because that is clearly tradition in the will of God. So it means every Novus Ordo should be celebrated like we do here at St. Dorothy's. And so many of the old traditions that were found in the extraordinary form were supposed to be maintained and continued because the Second Vatican Council never put a stop to those things. There were specific changes made for good reasons for the good of the church and the body of Christ. So Pope Benedict XVI in spirit of the liturgy explains that the reason the Holy Spirit is allowing both of these celebrations to go on in the church, at least temporarily, even though it is causing division is because the extraordinary form needs to rub off on the ordinary form. Meaning the ordinary form has to pick back up the good habits of the extraordinary form that were lost after the Second Vatican Council. So Pope Benedict XVI clearly says, that's why only for a time are we supposed to have these two forms, the ordinary and the extraordinary. But it's supposed to end. It's supposed to be abrogated, to be removed from the celebration in the Roman Rite because we are Roman Rite Catholics and there should be only one Rite of the Mass, not two. So theologically, and from the last three popes, all of them are in agreement, and that has to be the will of God. There's no doubt about it. So why is it happening at this time in this way? Because many of my brother priests and lay people to whom I speak on this topic, they're still struggling so much. To lose their ability to celebrate and experience the extraordinary form is a cross to them because they love it so much. It's like losing a loved one. It's experiencing a type of death. Why would God be asking this of them at this time? Why is this the will of God for them and for the rest of the church? Now, this is merely my opinion at this point. That this is the will of God is not my opinion. That is fairly obvious to me. They're all popes, Pope Francis is a real pope. The last pope agreed that he was a real pope and Pope Benedict was wrong, then that means he wasn't a real pope. And that means John Paul II was a, a real pope, and that means you're a state of a contest. And if you're a state of a contest, you're a heretic, and you need to leave the church. So, set of a contest just means you don't believe that there's actually a pope in the church right now. So, in my opinion, this is just the opinion of David Miller, not Father David Miller. He speaks for the church. I'm just David Miller. Just don't tell the bishop I'm giving you my opinions from the pulpit. I do think I'm right though. (laughs) So my opinion is this. Following the mind of Benedict XVI, presumably who had the mind of the Holy Spirit, we need the extraordinary form of the mass to rub off and correct the errors in the ordinary form. So for years now, the celebration has been renewed and growing in the church among clergy and lay faithful. However, if you know anything about humans and human psychology, oftentimes when you give somebody what they want in one area, they're not as motivated to make changes in another. So I can imagine for many of my brother priests and for many lay Catholics who prefer the extraordinary form, they do not work as hard as necessary to correct the ordinary form they kind of put up with the abuses of the ordinary form because they've got the extraordinary form to fall back on whenever they're having a you know a struggle with it (laughs) it just makes sense you know this this form when I celebrate it, it makes me feel good so I don't have to worry about the bad stuff in the other this is a problem in the church if we need to reform the ordinary form if we need to polish and perfect the celebration of this, according to the will of God. So the best motivation is to take it away from them. You want a beautiful celebration of the liturgy, again, a traditional and holy celebration of the liturgy, then you're going to have to work hard for it. You're going to have to petition your bishops, march, picket, whatever you need to do to get those changes. That are necessary to the ordinary form of the Mass. I think that's why this is being stripped away to motivate those Catholics who simply avoid the ordinary form altogether and only fixate on the extraordinary form. They need to be drawn back into the Roman Rite, the official Roman Rite, the Novus Ordo of the Mass. And novus ordo's throughout the church need to be corrected and perfected according to our traditions. Once that's done, we'll have everything that we need. One of the titles for the Extraordinary form that, that many priests have used is, they call it the Mass of the Saints. I take personal offense at this. I'm offended by their presumption to call the extraordinary form the mass of the saints. How dare they? How dare they? And you know why I'm offended by that? Does that mean the Novus Ordo, since the Second Vatican Council, has no power to create saints? Does that mean that this isn't a real mass and real Eucharist? This is the body of Christ and they can make a saint out of anybody even if it's poorly celebrated. Does that mean the mass of Jesus Christ at the Last Supper wasn't the mass of the saints? Because that looked nothing like the extraordinary form. Nothing like it. And most liturgies for the first thousand years of the church looked nothing like the extraordinary form. So for the first thousand years, was that not the mass of the saints too? The mass is the mass of the saints, regardless of the rite, regardless of how it's celebrated. I am offended by that use of title for the extraordinary form. As if you can elevate the extraordinary form above all other celebrations of the mass. Always disagree with that term. Never agree with it. That is not true. You see, if you know your scriptures, the Last Supper looked nothing like the mass we celebrate today or that we celebrated over the last 2,000 years. Because the Last Supper was a Seder meal. If you don't know what that is, go home and Google it. It's a Jewish ritual meal that they would celebrate every year. It had very specific rules about how to celebrate it, the food that was eaten, the number of courses, the prayers that were said. Jesus inserted the Mass into a Seder meal. So why don't we go back to that? right? Why don't Catholics... Celebrate the Seder meal with the mass in it the way Jesus did. I mean, if Jesus did it, we should do it, right? It's very simple. And you'd think that. But if you read the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament, what you find is early on in the church, the church realized that this isn't a good idea, and they changed it. Even in the scriptures, they removed the Seder meal and only kept scripture, homily, consecration, and communion. That's it. And in those early masses of the church, after removing the Seder meal, they didn't wear vestments. They didn't have altars. They celebrated the mass in people's homes. They didn't have churches or pews. They probably didn't even kneel down during the consecration. All of these other rituals have developed and grown in the church over the last 2000 years. To think that In the first decades of the church, they didn't have the real mass or the mass of the saints because it didn't look and sound like this or that. That is bad theology. In essence, it's heresy. The essentials of the mass, the word of God, the explanation of the word of God, the homily or the sermon, the consecration of the bread and the wine, and Holy Communion. Everything else are just trappings that can be changed by the church when she deems necessary. And there's a reason we've maintained certain traditions for over a thousand years, which means they're probably really good traditions and we should continue to maintain them. The bishops in union with the Pope obviously have the authority to make changes to any of the external trappings of the mass. They did in the Bible. They can do it now. And whether you like this or not is irrelevant to God. You have to understand, God loves you. But he doesn't care about your likes and dislikes as much as you think he might. He cares about the good of your soul and the good of the body of Christ. And so like any good father, he's going to make rules for his family that are not going to make all of the children happy. But if all of the children submit and obey, then ultimately they will be happy. That's what is required here. Submission and obedience. Why do you think in our gospel, when this cloud descended upon Jesus and the apostles and Moses and Elijah on Mount Tabor, why do you think the voice from the heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? Why was Jesus so pleasing to the Father? And Jesus tells us, because I do everything the Father asks of me. Can you say that about your relationship with the Pope? Because he stands in the place of Christ for us here on earth. Do you do everything the Pope asks of you? And if you don't, do you think for a moment you could be ever pleasing to God?